the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, the Republicans, all 12 of them, continue to fight for the Republican nomination for President Trump is way, 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 way ahead of everyone. At least 25 points ahead of Ron DeSantis. Will that change? Well, it better change in Iowa. It better change in New Hampshire or Trump is going to coast to the nomination. This is what Democrats want. The only way Joe Biden can possibly win, I think the only way any Democrat can win, is if they are running against Donald Trump. I think Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott, either one could win the presidency. Maybe there's somebody else in there who could win. I don't know. But Trump is the only one who I think could lose. Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, did not get in the race. A lot of people thought he would. Now he is spending his time going around to various campaign rallies in New Hampshire. And Chris Sununu was asked today if it is too late for anyone to overcome Donald Trump's big lead in the Republican polls. Look, we're still two months away from the first debate. And, uh, and uh, you know, the average voter will make their final decision about three and a half weeks uh, before their primary. So in New Hampshire, that's, you know, around New Year's. You know, people spend New Year's and Christmas with their families. So there's just a lot to play out here. I, I remind folks, you know, like back in 2007, right, I think Fred Thompson was leading in the race. Mm-hmm. I, around this time in, in uh, 2011, I think like Michelle Bachman and w- was, was leading the race or something like that. I mean, there were just there were candidates out there that uh, just a few months later disappeared. That is true, but it may not apply. The names he mentioned, Fred Thompson, Michelle Bachman, if you go into your political wayback machine, you may remember them. I remember other people who had their moment in debates or in primaries Jeb Bush was leading in 2016 at the outset when Trump got in the race. Scott Walker had his moment in the sun. Herman Cain, he had his 15 minutes of fame. So did Ben Carson. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump is different. Donald Trump inspires a passion, good and bad and ugly, like no other candidate. That is why I do not think people will be as apt to desert him as they have deserted some of those other candidates who had their moments in the sun. Now, there's an interesting poll from Fox. I would never vote for blank. That is their question. In other words, who's the candidate in a race you hate the most? I would never vote for blank. You know who won that poll? Mike Pence. 35% said they would never vote for Mike Pence. 20% said they'd never vote for Nikki Haley. Hmm. Why would those two be on top? Because they are perceived to have double-crossed Donald Trump. That is why. Ron DeSantis is down at 14%. Donald Trump is at 13%. This is a poll of Republicans. Which candidate could you never support? Donald Trump comes in last in that poll. What does that tell you? That tells you that there are a lot of people out there like me who want to win. 
And I do not prefer Donald Trump as a candidate. I believe he is the worst candidate that Republicans could run because he is the most beatable, because he is the candidate Democrats want Republicans to run. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Would you let Jim Harbaugh pick the starting quarterback for Ohio State in the Ohio State-Michigan game? No, why not? Oh, because he picked the guy who'd be easiest to beat. Exactly. So why pick Trump? Now, there is one thing about a Trump-Biden matchup that will be different this time than last time. And that is, if Trump can remember that it's about Biden, not about you, if you want to win... Both men will have been president for four years. There is an apples-to-apples comparison. Where was our GDP? Where were gas prices? Where were our illegal border crossings? How many wars were we involved in? What was the inflation rate? If Donald Trump can make the case of, here were the numbers from my presidency, oh, look, here are the numbers from yours. But that would require Donald Trump to be focused and targeted And I doubt that he can be. I know DeSantis can be. And that's why I favor DeSantis at this point. Now, Joe Biden has decided on a new campaign strategy. And that new campaign strategy is to embrace the suck. (laughs) In other words, I'm really, really old. And my economy is really, really bad. So he's going to start making jokes about how old he is so that it will be endearing, not indicative of how addled and incompetent and feckless he is. And he has given his economic proposals a spiffy new name. Wow, who came up with this? Bidenomics. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's not inflation. It's Bidenomics. Bidenomics is working. Bidenomics is about building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Bidenomics is about the future. Bidenomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. I didn't come up with the name. I really didn't. I now claim it. All those were from a speech he gave yesterday in Illinois. He mentioned it that many times. You know he is going to keep pounding the podium about Bidenomics. Well, let's look at Bidenomics, shall we? I mean, if it's really that big of a deal, the stock market has performed worse than it has under any president since Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden's approval rating on the economy is just about as low as his approval rating overall. His approval rating on the economy is 34%. Moody Analytics says that the average American household spends $768 more every month on essentials than it did in 2020. Think of that. Roll that around in your mind for a moment. $768 more every month than in 2020. Gee, can I do the math on that in my head? No, but let me scribble it down. That comes to about $9,000 more a year. Oh, well, you got that laying in your couch cushions, don't you? Bidenomics, baby! Bidenomics! So he can talk all he wants to. He can tout all he wants to. 
his achievements. The fact of the matter is he's not building an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. He has built an economy that is bottoming out for most Americans. I love how the Democrats forestall criticism of Joe Biden by saying, like Senator Dick Durbin did yesterday in Illinois, Joe Biden has created a record-breaking 13 million new jobs. Uh, Joe Biden has created a record-breaking 13 million new jobs in the same way that when I get up from my seat here in the studio and walk over to the sink and turn on the cold water faucet that I have created water. All Joe Biden did was reopen a closed American economy. You don't get credit for new jobs that were existing jobs that people could no longer go to when we shut down the country for a virus that we now in hindsight know did not merit at all the alarm with which we reacted. Joe Biden getting credit for creating 13 million new jobs is the exact same as the janitor who unlocks the doors of Ohio Stadium on a Saturday morning and then goes into his office and later in the day, as 110,000 people flood through the gates and sit down, it's the same as him getting on the phone to his wife saying, hey, 110,000 people came to Ohio Stadium today to see me. Not the football game playing out on the turf, but me in my janitorial closet because I opened the gates. I'm so sick of these ridiculous claims that the Democrats make. Oh, real wages are up. They are? Maybe the Biden family's real wages are up. Although probably not, since Hunter, now that he's living at the White House, isn't, as far as we know at least, still getting bags of cash from foreign enemies. Maybe he is, and the uh, IRS just isn't allowed to look for it or ask questions. Tomorrow is the final day of June. Oh, does that mean we won't have to see any more uh, rainbows vomited all over us? This Pride Month will come to an end. We'll be a less prideful world tomorrow. I bet not. It is also the deadline for the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate to reconcile the state budget. And they were supposed to be passing some kind of a temporary one-week extension of that, but it has not passed. They have not voted on it yet. Dare say, could there be an agreement in the works? Mm-hmm. Senate President Matt Huffman thinks so, although he won't commit to it yet. But they have seemed to settle on some of the things that the Senate budget and the House budget disagreed on, including expansion of school choice. Matt Huffman says, I am optimistic that our Ed Choice plan will remain in the budget. I think what's going to happen is the House's version on K-12 spending will be in the budget. So the House wants to spend $541 million more than the Senate authorized on K-12 schools, public schools. But the Senate wanted to spend more on Ed Choice vouchers for families that fall 
below 450% of the federal poverty level. So if you are a family of four, you make about $135,000 a year, man and wife together, you should be able to get, if Matt Huffman is right and Ed Choice expansion goes through, this fall you will be able to get an Ed Choice voucher of, what is it, around six grand for up to a up to grade eight and in high school you'll get somewhere between seven and eight thousand dollars that's a game changer for those of us who are paying private school tuition that is a game changer what about senate bill 83 which is essentially a bill that would keep colleges from teaching woke historical garbage will not be in the budget will not be tacked on Huffman says he is optimistic that it will pass as a stand-alone bill in the Ohio House where he says there are 60 votes to pass it. Mm. I wish I could believe that. But I don't see that being possible given the fact that turncoat, backstabbing, lying Speaker of the House Jason Stevens and his 20 henchmen who st- double-cross Derek Marin as Speaker. I would believe that 60-vote threshold exists in the House if Derek Marin were the Speaker, but I'm not so confident that the turncoats, who said they would support Derek Marin for Speaker in December and then did not when Jason Stevens put together his little hostile takeover of the House, I'm not convinced that that is going to continue. Uh, I know this is will shock you, shock you, shock you. Uh, Vice President, Vice President. If I wish Joe Biden, the president of the United States, supposedly is at the podium in Washington railing against the Supreme Court decision, which overturns Roe versus, uh, not Roe versus Wade. I'm in my fantasy a year ago when it happened, which overturns affirmative action. I don't know if we'll get a God save the queen out of the president here. I'm joining this live. I have no idea what he's talking about, (laughs) which makes me equal to him. Uh, But here he is. Let's give a listen. Consideration is a new standard where colleges take into account the adversity a student has overcome when selecting among qualified applicants. Let's be clear under this new standard, just as was true under the earlier standard, students first have to be qualified applicants. They need the GPA and test scores to meet the school's standards. Once that test is met, then adversity should be considered, including including a student's lack of financial. Because we know too few students of low-income families, whether in big cities or rural communities, are getting an opportunity to go to college. When the poor kid, when a poor kid, maybe the first in their family to go to college, gets the same grades and test scores as a wealthy kid, whose whole family has gone to the most elite colleges in the country, and whose path has been a lot easier, well, the kid who faced tougher challenges has demonstrated more grit, more determination, and that should be a factor. Joe Biden bringing America together like no one else, dividing us by class. (laughs) What a disaster this guy is. Uh, Speaking of disasters, I think there's some saying about um, continuing to dig when you've already fallen into a hole. Uh, That saying applies to the uh, CEO of Anheuser-Busch, who says... 
that Anheuser-Busch will continue to support the LGBTQ community despite backlash over a Bud Light advertising campaign that produced a can of Bud Light depicting the image of fake man, excuse me, fake woman, Dylan Mulvaney. His name is Brendan Whitworth. He was in New York yesterday. He says Bud Light should be, quote, all about bringing people together. I think the conversation surrounding Bud Light has moved away from beer, and the conversation has become divisive. And Bud Light really doesn't belong there. Well, it has become divisive, and you are the ones who divided it by choosing to disparage most customers who drink or drank Bud Light because they're not drinking it now. Country music fans, sports fans, by your former marketing director saying that the brand had become, and I quote, too fratty. They took that as the insult that it was and decided, you know what? Funny thing about Bud Light. Actually, a couple funny things. Number one, it doesn't taste that good. I don't know, but I do know that there are other beers you can drink that haven't elevated a transgender influencer to a position of prominence. And that is what has happened. Anheuser-Busch sales continue to decline by week and by month. In the week ending June 17th, sales of Bud Light declined 28.5%, according to Nielsen data received from industry experts. That is an acceleration increase from the 26.8% decline seen in the week prior. Oh, this is really funny. In the same week, other Anheuser-Busch brands also felt the wrath of customers. Michelob Ultra down 7.2% for the week ending June 17th, compared to a 6.1% drop the week before. Bushlight saw a 14% drop in volume, more than the 10% decline in the previous week. Budweiser volumes fell 15.5%. Anheuser-Busch stock is down 15%. What does this tell us? This tells us that conservatives don't like being told that they are wrong to disadvantage Bud Light in their comparative beer shopping, and they don't like hearing anything along the lines of the exact opposite of what Bud Light should have said in the beginning to mitigate this damage right away, which was, we're sorry, we screwed up, we'll never do this again. They now have another ad campaign coming out, highlighting their employees. They're trying everything but the simple thing that would fix it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.